John, just regular John, St. John's, chapter 1, verse number 1. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I love you, appreciate you. Just know that when I, um, I think you do know that, but I will always reiterate it. Just know that when I talk to you and whatever I share with you, it's because I love you and I want to see God's will be done in your life. There's nothing more important, nothing greater than God's will being done in our life. And sometimes I might push you a little harder. Sometimes I might get a little stronger in my conversations, how I speak. And it's all because I care so deeply for you. I love you. And I want to serve the Lord the right way. I want to help the Lord in his plan to reach this entire world. And I know if we all can get to the place where God needs us to be, we will be a great hand in helping the Lord accomplish his plan. Because this is not just for you and not just for me. If all of you that are here, your entire family is saved and doing well, raise your hand. If all your family is saved and doing well, raise your hand. Nobody's hand is up. So it means that we've got work to do, so we can't just be content with being in church and we're doing well. We want our children saved. We want our brothers and sisters saved. We want our mothers and fathers saved. We want our cousins, our nieces and nephews. We want our next door neighbor that we've been talking to for a long time. See us going to church and you leave sometimes and you're like, man, I feel guilty because my next door neighbor's not saved. My neighbor across the street is not saved. The people I've been working with for a while, they aren't saved. And so I'm just, because I understand what eternity is. And I don't wish it on anybody not to experience eternal life. So we can't just make this just stay with us. It has to move on. Uh, and so we get strong in God and so we can move on. St. John's chapter 1, uh, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's read that again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, jump down to verse 14, same chapter 1. The verse says, and the Word was made flesh. Is it easy to say God was made flesh? Uh, Well, I'm just saying, I, I mean, I hear about three or four yeses. Let's go back to verse number 1. In the beginning was the what? And the word was with and the word was. So the word was God. Then verse 14 says, and the word. How can word become flesh unless it become what's flesh? Ah, so is it safe to say God became flesh? Makes sense, right? According to this. Right. So according to this, God became flesh because God is a spirit. So if he remained spirit, you couldn't see him. But he became flesh, so you could see him. So when we talk about God becoming flesh, what we're saying is God became a man that you can see him. He became a form. He became, a, you know, an image that you can look at. So before that, before this time, we 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 we. we didn't see God in the flesh. God did things by his spirit, but he didn't show up as man. And so God became flesh. So when God became flesh, did that make him too? I didn't know. Oh, you're smart now. Okay. Right. 
So if when God become flesh, he still remain God, then there's only one God who has become. Right? Can you imagine if God just remained spirit? When you got to heaven, how would you have seen him? When the Bible says, if you go further back in the scripture, it says, we shall see him as he is, for we shall be like him. So in order to see God, he had to become. If not, we couldn't see him. We can only feel him like we do now while we're here. And so the invisible God became visible. And his name is Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy, not first Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16 and 17, it says, all scripture, somebody say all, All. is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Before I even go any further, can I tell you what that word inspiration means when you go and dig a little deeper and see what inspiration means in the Greek language? It meant God breathe, literally. So when, when it says inspiration, it means all scripture was given by God breathing upon man and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Last scripture, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, He be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Today, I want to entitle this message, The Word Made Flesh. The Word Made Flesh. You may be seated. If you will open your hearts today as I begin to read and minister to you, I believe God will help you and that you will leave this place changed, leave this place inspired, the inspiration of God, God breathing upon you. When the Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning, it's simply talking about before creation. Do you know God has no beginning and no ending? When somebody say, where did God come from? God came from nowhere. God always existed. 
God always existed. He didn't come from anywhere. So you can't try to figure out that he come from the dirt, that he come from the earth, that he come from the sun. Did he, where did God come from? God came from nowhere. He always existed. I know that's tough for us sometimes to try to figure out and understand because we usually try to look at the things of God in our natural understanding. But there's some things because we're trying to understand it naturally, we will never understand it. It's not until you tap into a spiritual realm that you will be able to get some sort of understanding of some of the things that you read in this wonderful book. And so when it says before In the beginning, it's talking about before creation, before God created this world and humans. Therefore, the word of God existed before the world and before us. So settle this right now. Hold on to this and understand. The word of God was created and established before this world was created and before humans was created. The word of God was created and established before humans were created and before this world was created. And so today I want you to really get serious and locked in understanding that God's word is not like anything else. I know it's easy for us to think about our words and think about the words of someone else. And so when we think about God's word, it's easy to kind of overlook it and just say, yeah, it's really smart. Yeah, it's spiritual. Yeah, and we give it credit, but somehow we don't give it reverence. Somehow we're not in, in awe of the word of God. Somehow we're not, we're not enthralled by the word of God to say, oh my God, the word of God is strong. It's powerful. The word of God was here before anybody came on the scene or before anything came on the scene. And so the word of God is from heaven. It's from everlasting. This word is not like any other word. So when I hear the word of God, when, when, when I read the word of God, what am I thinking? How am I prophesying? How am I receiving when I read and hear the word of God? Because it's not like anything else. This word is life. And life is more precious to any human more than anything else. And somehow we don't realize that this word is what's going to cause us to live. I'm not going to quote this right. But I thought it was an interesting quote. I wrote it down someplace. And the quote went something like this. A man died long ago, but he never got buried until he was 75. He died a long time, but they never buried him until he was 75. That is for every person that never hear the word of God and obey it. You are dead, but you won't be buried until the life leaves your body. Our funerals, if we're out of Christ, that's our burial. It's not our death. We died a long time ago. But if you will understand that God's word is life. 
and you will receive God's word as life, then you will begin to live life. And when you die, that will be eternal life. Help us this morning. Uh, you're not going to go to sleep on me today, are you? The word, meaning the word of God. It is God's word. Just like my word is my bond. You remember that? My word is my bond. Your word is bond. If you can make your word bond, what can God do? Just think about that. And there's a lot of us that when we give our word, it really is our bond and we really do do what we say we're going to do. Many of us are like that. And if you can be like that, think about God Almighty. My word is my bond. The word, meaning God's word, is the word of God. And so the word of God didn't just come to us just just just. And showed up. No, no, no. God existed and God breathed his word upon his creation, upon mankind. And man was able to speak and to write God's word. Hmm. In Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 20, the scripture says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture, somebody say scripture, didn't we just read all scripture? No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Mm-hmm. You can't go saying what you think about the word of God. God's word will only be interpreted by God. And so if you want to interpret scripture, you need more scripture. That's why the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Every word written in the Bible can be established by other scripture. There's not one scripture in the Bible that you have nothing else for it. It's just standing all alone. No, no, no. God will always reference it because every word is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And everything God says will always be. So it's not a private interpretation of scripture. 21 says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's how you receive the word of God. It was holy men that God breathed on and they spoke and they wrote. And today we have God's word that was created from our beginning. Holy men. That's why people say, how can, you don't think the Bible is kind of, let me tell you something. I'll even go deeper and tell you. The preacher over here will tell you. The pulpit will make you tell the truth. I didn't even say, I didn't even say God yet. Even, it's, it's, it's his sacred desk. And there are preachers that stand behind that thing and they want to say what they want and they can't. Because the Holy Ghost just said, you're going to say what I want you to say. And so when a man or a woman is holy, forget about unholy people. God can make an unholy person do something. Uh, but can you imagine uh, somebody that's holy, somebody that's saying, God, I'm here to please you. Uh, God, I'm here to do your will. Uh, can you imagine a holy person uh, being moved on by God's spirit? Uh, they must uh, speak uh, only what God says. They can't speak nothing else. 
So for you to think something is wrong with this Bible, you got to go and say, I think something is wrong with God. It's his word. So if he doesn't have a good way of delivering it to us, then he can't be God. How's he God if he can't get his true word to us? How can we be saved if he can't get his true word to us? Why would he go to the cross and not have a solid plan to make sure we can be redeemed? Why would he sacrifice his life and not have a solid plan to make sure this word is coming at us and coming to us? Why would he go through all of that and there's mistakes? He wouldn't be the God that he say he is. So, I don't question God's word. I study his word. And what I don't understand, I begin to pray and say, God, will you help me to understand that? Will you, will you help me to, 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 to see what you're trying to tell me? Because it is God's will that we understand his word and, 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 and know his word. Men are God's mouthpiece. Or conduit. When they open their mouth and speak God's word, they are God's mouthpiece, God's conduit. We're not opening our mouth to speak what we want. We're opening our mouth to speak what thus saith. Uh, as a preacher, I'm always concerned with ever trying to give you my opinion when I stand behind God's sacred desk. Because my opinion doesn't matter. What do I always tell you? When people want to talk to the preacher and, and reverence the preacher more than do the, they do the word of God, I stay far from them. They, they think it's cool. Make you think, oh, man, you're so wonderful. Just sneak away from them. You know why? Because ain't nobody like God. Ain't nobody like Jesus. And he's, his word is the only word that can save you. His word is the only word that can deliver you. And when you start taking man's word over God's word, uh, you're in a whole heap of trouble. And so I just want people to say, oh God, I want your word. And when you fear God and reverence God and obey God's word, it's a whole different ball game for you. You don't want to prefer the man of God's word over the word of God. And so as the man of God, woman of God stand in the pulpit, their best bet is to just preach God's word. Because then they don't have to worry about uh, God holding them responsible. Say, you gave people your word. And now they're running behind you for word as opposed to running to the book for my word. Uh-huh. Listen to this. A word is that by which we use to communicate our will. I didn't say God's word. I said a word. Or words, whatever way you want to look at it. They're what we use to communicate our will, to convey our thoughts, or what we use to issue commands. This is how we command. We speak the word that we think of. And so we use the word to communicate. We use the word as a medium of communications to others. How will people know what to do if you don't talk to them? I know we have sign language and people learn sign because they couldn't talk. But, but for those of us that can talk, we communicate. We, 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 we talk to people and share our thoughts and, and tell them what we desire through what we speak. Our own words. 
And so, if we use our own words to communicate, to share our thoughts, to say what's going on, then guess what? God's word is what he uses to communicate his will. God's words, it is what he uses to convey his thoughts. And and he gives us commandments by his word. It is his medium by which he communicates to us. It was how God intended for us to communicate. And so God ever being that example from the very beginning, he said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It's the same for us in your beginning when you learn what you learn you was able to communicate what you communicated but we got that from God it is the word that will be the medium for by which we will communicate and share our thoughts and share our desires it is our words that we speak and God wants you to know it was him first that decided this is the way we will communicate in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's what God chose for us so he can communicate to us. And so God, sometimes we're praying, God, will you speak? And to be honest, God is saying, you got a whole lot of stuff that I told you already. You're not doing nothing about it. (laughs) Speak, Lord, speak. Oh, and we're telling God to speak, and God is saying, go to the book. (laughs) Uh, Go speak, Lord, speak. He said, go to the book. Speak, Lord, speak. He says, I already spoken. And we get discouraged because we're not hearing the voice of God coming to us. And God is saying, what what need is it for me to speak when I've already given you my word? The word is in the book. Go back and see what I've already said. Don't worry about me speaking right now. Speak, Lord, speak. And God is saying, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I've already spoken. So go to my word and see what my word says. My word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. His word is what he is using to communicate to us his will, his thoughts. For my thoughts are not like your thoughts. I have good thoughts towards you. Thoughts of peace. And he's telling us all these things. And somehow I'm not sure if we have really grabbed a hold into the word of God and realized we must understand that we have the word. We have the word of God. The Bible says uh, in, 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 in James, uh, James says we must be doers. Of God's word. So I believe that we have the word, but the word hasn't worked yet because we have left it right where we got it. We just hear it and we say, oh, that was pretty good. That's like God. I like that. But we don't do anything about it. We are hearing the word, but we're not doing what the word says. It is the way God communicates to us what he wants to say to us, how he feels about us. Uh, James said, we must be doers of the word for the word of God to work in our midst. James also said, if you hear the word and you don't do what the word says, you deceive yourself. It's one thing to be deceived by other people. 
Uh, it's another thing to deceive yourself. Uh, how many of us have, are deceiving ourselves? What, what we do, we, we just don't deal with reality because if we do, we're going to have to make some changes in our life. And so what we do is we just start denying or we just start deceiving ourselves. And we live in deception, not by anybody else. We live by deception of ourselves just so we don't have to make ourselves responsible. I say oftentimes many people decide not to come to church and give their life to the Lord who created them because they don't want to change how they live their life. They want to live the way they want to live. And they said, Mm-mm, I know church is right, but man, I'm not going to change all of this. But the word of God is trying to tell us that if we hear the word and we believe this is God's word and we believe this word was already created and established before we ever was even present here or this world was even present. It is a word that came from God. It is God himself, uh, his communication to us. If we know that and we hear it uh, and we never do anything about it, what does that say about us? Not even God can change me. I don't want to change even for God. That's what we're saying. I don't want to change even for God. And what we don't realize, God is not even asking you to change for him. Does he love you? Yes. But God loves you so much that he wants to see you change for the best for you. So you can experience his blessings. So you can experience eternal life. So you can be comforted. So you can be healed. So you can be provided for. So he can just work in your life. He's asking you to become a doer of his word so you will profit. Why do you get quiet on me like that? He's asking us to become a doer of his word so we can profit. When you talk to your children and you tell them, do what I tell you, why are you telling them to do it? So their life could be better. And so when God is speaking to us through the word of God, he's not doing it to make your life miserable. He's not doing it to give you a hard time. He's doing it to make your life profitable, to make you grow up, to let you understand who he is and have a better relationship with him and your fellow man. He wants to bless you, but it's through the word that he will bless you. He's not trying to make your life miserable. What happened with us is we did so much of what we wanted from the very beginning and when we started learning how life really is, we really come to the place of understanding, I need to give my life to God. Uh-huh. We lived the way we wanted to for a long time. Then we realized as we start growing up, you know what? This God thing is really serious. I need to really do something about it. And now we go to do something about it. And the hard part comes. You've lived the way you want to live for 30 years. And so now you got to go see the great God that created you that wanted you to live the right way from the day you came out of the womb. And so now it's time to change and the struggle begin because you've been living a certain way for 30 years. And God is saying, now it's time for you to live the way I want you to live. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. You must be righteous. You must be holy. You must fear God. You must pray and read your Bible and seek me. Worship and praise me. You got to do that. And you're saying all of that. 
Can I tell you all of the worship and praise, all of the stuff that we give to God that we don't want to give to God, we're already doing it to other things. I'm serious. And maybe we feel like it's double time and that's why we don't want to do it to God when all we need to do, stop doing it with those other things and start doing it all for God. So if you used to party at the clubs, now the church is the club. If you used to just serve other idols, now you'll serve God, but don't do it twice. You're looking at it as double duty. No, stop doing what you've been doing. You have to stop in order to start. We're trying to do both, roll with both at the same time and try to shed the other one little by little. It don't work. It don't work. I've I've told my oldest son, I said, son, I can't speak for everybody, but you're my son and you have my personality. And there's nothing that we can believe in and do it just little at a time. Our attitude that my character and my personality of my kids is, is we're all in. Either we're not messing with it or we're all in. So I always tell him, I say, son, you're trying to do something that's anti your personality. You're trying to mm, give God a little something and uh, you know, a little something for yourself. God loves, and it's not working because that's not your personality. Your way of working is just step right in and say, God, what it, what it may, let it be. But I believe for God, it's that way for all of us. You can't just do a little bit here and a little bit there like you're nibbling. You have to just forget about all that you have been doing. You have to forget about how you've been living and just jump into the deep end and learn how to swim. God will help you along the way, but you can't play around. You've got to give it all to him. I don't know. Maybe I don't understand the other way because I don't understand little here, little there. I just understand give it all to Jesus. And the day that I got to understand truth and, and, and realize God's word, I realized I had to give it all. If not, it won't work for me. And there's some of you in here today, I'm going to tell you, you just need to give it all. Jump in the deep part. Stop trying to do what you can. Oh, I'm doing what I can. No, no, no. This is not anybody else. This is God Almighty you're talking about. Don't try to just do a little something here. Don't try to do the best you can. Uh, no, no. Uh, make it become about Jesus. Let it be all about Jesus. And don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Let it be all. This week was a tough week for me. I went from not doing a lot of work to just being overwhelmed with work. It was a tough week this week. Really tough week. Remember I told you in October they closed down all my site and um, I was supposed to be laid off and they didn't lay me off. And, then, and I said, well, what am I going to do? They said, we don't know. Just, just you, you still with the company. Don't even worry about it. I said, what's my assignment? Don't worry about it. We don't have no assignment. So they was paying me. And I'm just going to the corporate office helping out here and there. So... You know, they started giving me a little bit of work here. Ah, why don't you take this project? You know, it's a little project. And so I feel like Joseph sometimes. Y'all should feel like Joseph. Whatever Joseph put his hand to, it just started blossoming. And so I had nothing. So they gave me something, and all of a sudden now this stuff started growing. I wasn't even trying to grow it because I don't want to go to New York all the time. It's a project in New York, right? So I got it, and all of a sudden it started from nothing, and now it's something. I'm like, oh, Lord. And so now that's going. I'm like, all right, that's not too bad. You know, I needed to do something. I can't just sit around and make money for nothing. And so I said, I need to do something. And then they said, oh, we have another job for you, Wayne. We want you to be the overseer of the corporate facilities. And so we're going to work you in. All right, I'll do that too since I don't have any. But now that, that, that has put some stuff on my plate. And all of a sudden, 
We got a contract come out for bid, and I got all the information about the contract. Now they're dragging me down. And so I'm trying to think straight about the word. I'm trying to pray and try to do God's business. And unfortunately, you know how my brain works? My job gets in the way of this. Don't tell it to the job, people. But that's how I think. I don't know how you think. But my secular job gets in the way of this. So I look at my job as like, you're getting in the way now. I don't mind working and making. I'm like, yeah, I'm good with that. But when you start getting in the way of that, I get real frustrated. I don't work good, real good like that. And so I get frustrated real easy when, you know, because I'm used to my smooth sailing, working my job, but just, uh, just this is everything to me. And so all this week, I'm bogged down with real work, job work. Yeah, real work that they're paying me for. And I'm just like, this is crazy. How am I going to do this? And so I'm just like frustrated. But my point of telling you that is to tell you everything comes around God. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed, I, and I know everybody don't have the same job like me, but you got to get that mindset. Amen. Amen. All right, not too many of you buying into that. All right. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody else seem to make um, God fit around their schedule. A lot of people make God fit around their schedule as opposed to you fit your schedule around God. Listen, coming to church and not being a doer of the word of God when you hear the word of God is being preached is not real smart. Two things happen when you come to church and you hear the word of God preach and you don't become a doer of it. Two things happen. It's just not smart. It's kind of foolish. But here's the other thing that you do. Now you put yourself in position to be judged by God. Because how are you going to tell God why you didn't do it? You can't say, I didn't know, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he says ignorance is not, you know, an excuse. But, 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 you know, when you come to church, you hear the word of God and you don't do it. You got to stand before God with that. And God is going to be able to say, yeah, Sunday, May 27th, 1209. You heard being a doer of my word. And here is how good God is because he's the all-knowing God, all-present God, all-powerful God. There is things that he's been telling some of you to do, and you just haven't been doing it. I'm going to do it this time, God. I'm going to do it this time, God. And God is saying, when are you going to do it? And I send the preacher this morning to talk to you again about what I told you to do. Why are you holding back on Jesus? He wants to know why you're holding back on him. There's, there's, there's a few of you in here that God has given you direction, has given you directive, what you need to do, and you're holding on to stuff you like, and God is saying, why? Why? Why are you holding on to it? What do you think you're going to lose? You think if I tell you to do something, you think, you know what I love? God says, I owe no man nothing. Did you know that? Bobby said he owes no man nothing. You know what that means? I will never tell you to do something and not let you profit from it. Uh, you don't understand. This is why, let me clear this up in the church real quick. If, if, if anybody, uh, you know, do, if you ask somebody to do something for you, somebody do something for you, be a blessing to them. Amen. Don't expect people to do stuff for you for free. Oh, uh, I got to walk down the aisle on that one. 
Don't expect for people to do stuff for you for free. Always try to be a blessing to people. If somebody do something, slip them something. Oh, man, we got a lot of work to do around here. We got a lot of work to do because y'all don't do that enough. Don't take people's stuff for granted. When you go over to somebody's house, bring them a gift. Oh, my goodness. And then we struggle and then we blame God and then we get frustrated and tired and stop coming to church. And it all comes from we just don't do what the word says. How do we change that church? How do we change uh, just not receiving the blessings God intended for us because we won't change and start becoming a doer of the word and not just a hearer? We have to change if we want to experience the blessings of God. I don't want you being frustrated, and God don't want you being frustrated. We got to be a blessing to each other. Sometimes slip somebody something, not not because of anything, just slip them something. Say, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. Here's a revelation. When you read the word of God in your private time, read it aloud. Just a little revelation. When you read the word of God in your private time, read it aloud. Why did I just say that? There you go. So you can hear it. Because when you hear it, it's likely that you will become a doer of it. Right? And y'all only been hearing me one time a week. And so if you will read your Bible every day aloud, you will hear God's word seven days a week. Maybe that may just prompt you to become a doer of the word because you're reading aloud every day. And the more you hear it, the more you will want to do it, the more you should become a doer of it. (laughs) Uh, We come one day a week. Some of us do come to Bible study, so I'm not messing with you that come to Bible study. God's word can only grow in the soil of obedience. It is important to hear God's word, but it is more important to obey God's word. Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2 verse 13 says, For not the hearers of the law are just before God. But the doers of the law shall be justified. You shall be just in the eyes of God. So come into church. Coming to church and hearing the word of God, that's not what justifies you. That's not what makes you justified. But it's when you come to church and you hear the word of God and you become a doer of the word of God. God says, then are you justified? Then are you okay when you hear it and do it? Not just showing up. Not just showing up. And so we show up a lot of times and hear it. God is talking to somebody in here. 
God wants to help you. But, but what do I say? He can't do anything when he gave you the word and you're sitting on it or you're just holding it like a container, a reservoir, a cistern. You see how God adds to his word when he preaches to us? Last week he talked to us about being a reservoir, a cistern. You know, one that's not flowing, you know, because we're not letting the wellspring flow up in us. Now we're talking about hearing the word and not being a doer of the word. And he says, you're only justified when you become a doer of the word. You cannot be saved until you obey the word of God. You cannot be saved until you obey the plan of salvation. He has given us the word on how to be saved. But until we do what the word says, we cannot be saved. I know it's a different dispensation, but remember, uh, Jesus was crucified, and you had the two men on the cross next to him. Uh huh. One did something, and the other one didn't do anything. It never stops. With God, you have to do something in order to receive what the Word says you will receive. So you you can't just hear it and not do something about it. You have to believe it. As Brother Henry said in Sunday school class this morning, but believing is an action word. You can't just say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. This is why, you know, saying the sinner's prayer that says, I believe that Jesus Christ is, you know, died and rose. You can believe it all you want. And as a matter of fact, can I tell you this? If all you do is believe, the devil doing better than you. The Bible says... He believe and he trembles. If all we do is believe and we're supposed to be Christian, the devil doing better than us. We can't just believe. The devil believe and tremble. We got to believe and do something. And so the devil believe and he does something. He trembles because he knows his end is near. He trembles because he knows God is a terror unto him. He trembles because he knows what God can do. And if that devil that was in heaven, that was with God, he understands what God can do. And he had firsthand experience with God. What should we be doing? He is terrified of God. He trembles. And God love us. How should we feel? I'm almost there. Some people take a casual look at God's word without letting it affect their lives. Casual look. Uh huh. Like the person, I'm going to mess with you now, like the person who looks quickly into the mirror that the flaw in the way they are dressed or what's on them, they don't see it. So, God, don't let me go down that road. Ah. So, ah, my God. Help me in the name of Jesus. So some of you get dressed and really don't look in the mirror because you don't want to see what's really going on. Because you really know what's going on, but you don't look in the mirror because you don't want to change. You don't want to fix what you should fix. Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. You don't want to correct nothing. You said, mm, I think I'm good. And you just go out the door. You don't look in the mirror. You take a casual, okay, and you're gone. Because you don't want to know the truth. And so you take just a casual look at yourself and lie to yourself that you're doing all right. Lie to yourself that you're looking good. 
that personality and character carries over. And just like how you do that with yourself, you're doing that with the Word of God. You look in the mirror, just walk by and keep on moving. Because you don't want to look at who you really are and what you look like. And that's not to belittle anybody. I'm just saying there's things that's not in place, things that are not the way it should be or out of place. And you don't want to look and say, I got to fix this. Uh Uh-huh. I remember one Sunday, I was late to church. I don't know if I was late. I came before church got started, but I, I came like 1025. All because my hymns came out. Hems of my pants came out. And the pants were so soft that, you know, you can turn them back up. You know, some suits, you can turn the, the, our pants, you can turn the, the hem back up, and you can get by with it for the day. Those suits, they couldn't do it. I turn it up, it flips back down. I'm talking about Sunday morning, I'm trying to get to church. Nobody in the house. I can't find no pins. I can't find no needle and thread. Nothing. And the hem just keep coming out. I'm like, oh, God. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in panic mode because when you locked in to do the work of God and anything coming your way, it's just not a pretty thing. And so I had to calm myself down. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I had to make calls and find out where the pins were in the house, where the needle and thread was. And so Sunday morning, I'm sitting on, the, on my bed, hemming back up my hems. I'm just like, what in the world is going on? My point is, I knew something was wrong, and I wasn't going to come in here, and it's all, I'm trying to preach, and it's all out. And y'all are like, look, look at his hymn. What's wrong with the preacher? His stuff is all messed up. Yeah, that's what you would be saying. And then y'all are bra- blame Sister Wyatt. She can't take her, her man. Why didn't she see that? <laughs> But I made sure I saw that. And I made sure I got it together. So if I'm going to look in the mirror to make sure I'm fine physically, I better look into the spiritual mirror to make sure I'm fine spiritually. And the Word of God is the spiritual mirror that we need to take a look at. We need to get into that spiritual mirror and say, Tell me, Lord, what I need to fix. Show me where I'm messed up at. Show me what I got to get right. Somebody in here, you got to get real with God and say, God, I'm real with you because you know everything. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me what I'm doing wrong. Show me where I've gone wrong. Open my eyes to see, Lord. And God, I know I did that wrong. I did that wrong. Will you give, forgive me and deliver me? Will you help me, Lord? We got to be real with the spiritual mirror because it will not lie to you. I can lie to myself physically when I look in the mirror. But guess what? That mirror, that spiritual mirror, the Word of God, it will never lie. And if I, if I don't believe it, I'm deceiving myself. I'm deceiving myself. I'm looking at spirit, that, that, that spiritual mirror and don't do anything about it. Uh-huh. And so we got to let this word work in our life. We're looking for more. I always say this. We're looking for more. Somehow we're looking for more. We're thinking it's got to be something deeper than this. You know, sometimes people call me and I think they want some deep revelation. I got a call this week, and I told you I've been busy, so I had to make the call pretty quick. 
And so here's how I'm operating. I'm getting a call. But because this is what I do, I got to pray every day and say, God, you got to let your word be clear in my mind. You got to give me wisdom. I need to know stuff right away. I can't be, I don't have the luxury to be thinking about all kinds of things. And so as soon as someone called me and they shared something with me, and as soon as they shared it with me, the, the, the first thing that God has gotten to say to the person is just study your patterns. Study your patterns and see when you do well for a period of time, what are you doing consistently? Right? Study your pattern. And when you make a mistake, find out what you did during that time while you made the mistake. Study your patterns. And so you will know. And so it's for all of us. All of us. I said, I do the same thing for myself. When I fail, I got to study. Where did I go wrong? What was it? What was it? And most of the time, just like the word teaches us, when we fail, it's because we didn't pray. That's why Peter denied Christ three times. It's not because Peter wasn't a man of God. It was because he failed to pray. And saying words and praying is two different things. Saying words and praying is two different things. You, you, you heard the preacher this morning come up here and pray? Let me tell you what that how we pray. The preacher showed you this morning how prayer go. And prayer go... I'm praising God and allow the Spirit to lead me in my prayer. <laughs> I'm not just going to go and say words. All right, that, that's what she did. Go back and think about the prayer, right? She loved the Lord and exalted Him, lift up the name, because she wanted the Spirit of God to direct her in her prayer. She wanted the Spirit of God to help her pray, the Spirit of God to direct her in her prayer, not just come and say words. And when we're really praying, that's how you pray. Not tell God and give him orders. He's God. You don't give him orders. When you give God orders, he said, you'll be all right, son. Catch you later. I'm God. You don't give me orders. You come to me and you ask. You come to me and you pray and seek my will. You come to me and you speak my words. That's what you do. But don't come and give me orders. Not your order taker. Uh -huh. And sometimes we make God the order taker. And then God just, you know. Don't take your order and you get upset. So it's important to understand how that works. Yeah. I'm closing here. I'm closing. Don't look so quickly in the mirror and walk away. I'm talking about the word of God, the spiritual mirror, and walk away. We, we, we got to spend time in that mirror, spiritual mirror, the word of God. In verse 14, back in the book of John, I'm closing with this. And so the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word was made flesh. I love that. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's where I'm going today as I close out. The word was manifest so we can see it. So the whole time before we even came on the scene as the word was already established and created, you, you can't see words. Now we can put words on paper and you say, now you can see it, but that can't do anything. 
So the manifestation is different. The word was manifest so we can see it. When we become a doer of the word of God, it manifests. It is now seen. God wants his word to be heard and to be seen. The word became flesh is proof that God is saying, I want you to see the word, not just hear the word. So he's showing us that, oh my God, not only that God talks to us, but, but, but he shows us he's a good teacher and he teach by his word, but he also teaches by the example of it being done. And so when God, oh Lord, y'all better get this. When God says, and the word became flesh, what God is saying is not only will I teach you, but I'm going to come and show you how it got to be done. And so God is a good God. We always say that, but he's better than you can ever imagine. He didn't just talk to you because all of us uh, don't have the same comprehension uh, and so he didn't just talk to us uh, he says I'm going to talk to you and then I'm going to show it to you and some of you get it visually and others you're going to get it vocally but I'm going to give it to you both ways uh, so you can know it uh, and so you're wondering why God came in the flesh he wanted you to see the word and not just hear it you won't be able to say I heard it but I didn't understand it no look at the life of Jesus and you will understand it. Look at the life. He came and walked among us. That's why it says he dwelt among us. That's what we got to do. So you wonder why Jesus came. Oh, yes, he came to die for our sins. But God is so good that he's saying, I'm going to let you see it, not just hear it. And the same thing goes for me and the same thing goes for you. You can't just say you see it. You can't just say you say the word, but you got to show it. You got to show God that you're not just hearing it, but you are living it. Oh. Somebody better get this today. I'm, I'm out of here. So you better, if you, if you don't get it now, you're not going to get it anymore because God is trying to get us to understand He, His Word. He, He, He made sure His Word became flesh so you can see what the Word is and not just hear what the Word is saying, but you need to see what the Word is doing. When we do what God's Word says, we make it seen and not just heard. When we do what God's Word says, it get, God gets the glory. The Bible says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now here's the key. And we beheld, we saw his glory. There's a lot of people describing a lot of things about glory. And there's people that's more smarter than I am. They're more intelligent than I am in the word of God. But I can read just a tad bit. And this says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So God became human. And we beheld his glory. And what I can say is the glory is when the word becomes flesh when the word become visible is the glory of god 
When you, when the words that you speak, when the words that you speak become fleshly, become visible, that's your glory. This is why we can watch a basketball game and we will see Michael Jordan and LeBron James or Tiger Woods or whoever it is. When we watch them and they get the glory. Don't you see that? Yeah, they're so great. Why? Because what they know in their mind is now being acted out on the field. What they know in their mind. You watched Ronaldo yesterday. What you know in his mind. It's in his mind, but when he starts playing that ball, you see it. And what you say, man, Ronaldo is it. Messi is it. Whoever it is, whatever they have in their mind, they don't get no glory for what they have in their mind. They get the glory for what is in their mind when it comes out and you begin to see it. Whatever is in your mind, whatever you created in your mind, whatever you're thinking in your mind, when you act it out, you get the glory. It's your glory. And that's what's going on in the church. We are doing what we want and getting the glory. And God ain't getting the glory. But I'm telling you today, if you will let God get the glory by becoming a doer of his word, we will see powerful things. We will see mighty things. Because God will get the glory when we become a doer of his word. You want to get the glory? Do what you want. You want people to talk about you? Do what you want. You want people to say you're the best? Do what you want. You want people to say, oh, look at her? Do what you want. But if you want God to be glorified, if you want people to look to Jesus, you got to become a doer of his word. And when you become a doer of his word, God gets the glory. You want to wonder why we're struggling? You want to wonder why the power of God don't get demonstrated in our churches? It's, it's going that way because guess what? I don't feel like praising God right now. Guess what? If you don't feel like praising God right now and you sit there and just say, I don't feel like praising God right now. Guess what? You get the glory. God can't do nothing with that. You get the glory because what you felt like, that's what you demonstrated. That's what you did. But if you sit here and you said, man, the praise singers ain't really singing the way that I want. The praise singers ain't, ain't moving me today. But I don't care what they sing. I don't care what they do. I'm going to lift my hands. And I'm going to lift my voice. And I'm going to worship God. You know what? God can use you to bring in the fire. God can use you to bring in the power. God can use you to start something that you've never experienced. But if you sit there, you get the glory. If you sit there and decide what you're going to do, you get the glory. But if you will say, I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what I'm thinking, what I'm going to do, what the Word of God says, then God... God gets the glory. You want to see God move in your house? Give him the glory. You want to see God move in your church? Then give him the glory. You want to see God move in your life? Then give him the glory. And you give God the glory by worshiping. You give God the glory by obeying his word. Becoming a doer of his word. God can only get the glory. When you do what his words say, 
That's the only way God gets the glory. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory. How did we beheld the glory? If we couldn't see the word, how could you ever see it? You can't see the word until the word becomes flesh. You can't see it. All you're saying is, uh, I know God exists, but I can't see him. I know God exists, but I don't see it. And when he became man, you saw him. And now you know God exists. God is real. I see him. God, I see you. He got to get the glory. He got to get the glory. You can't give yourself the glory. God has to get the glory. God has to get the glory. We're doing whatever we want. And whatever we want only give us the glory. You wonder why. And you can stand. I'm done. You wonder why. There is so much sin in our world today. You wonder why we're experiencing so much travesty in our world today. It's because we want all the glory. It's because it's all about our glory. Uh, Social media has made it even more prevalent for us to say, look at me. Let me get the glory. Look at what I'm doing. I get the glory. But will you go on social media and begin to give God the glory? Will you let the word become flesh. Don't come up with some keen word that you made up. No, go to the book. Go to the book and say what does say the Lord and you begin to speak God's word and you begin to live out God's word. Then God gets the glory. If you do your own thing, God will never get the glory. Keep on doing what you want. God never get the glory. And he will not operate in your midst because you're doing what you want. But when the glory of the Lord oh, is manifested among us, it's because we started becoming a doer of God's word. It's not about how you feel. I say it all the time. There is no way God could be on his throne and felt like coming to this evil, dirty world. There is no way he felt like coming here. There's no way God felt like coming to this world where the world he was was so beautiful, was so fine. There's no way he wanted to come here. But nevertheless, he came anyway. And so he didn't do what he wanted to do. He came because he loved us. He came because we we needed him. He came because he had to rescue his children. He came not because he wanted to. He came because he loved us. And we sit in church. And we say we love God. And we come to church. And we say we love God. But we can never do what the word says. And if we don't do what the word says, then what glory does God get out of it? It's still you. It's still you coming in and taking up God's word. It's still you being a reservoir. I'm going to keep all of this to myself. It's still you doing what you want, how you want. It's just you. But if you become a doer of God's word, Paul says, I'm, I'm, uh, what he says, I'm hid with Christ for no longer does I live, but Christ liveth in me. So when you really want God to get 
get the glory. You got to make up in your mind. What I say, jump all the way in. You got to make up in your mind. No longer do I live, but the word liveth in me. And when you see me, you're seeing the word of God. That's what God wanted you to do. When you saw Jesus, you saw the word of God. When Jesus did his thing, you saw the word of God in operation. You go study the life of Jesus and you're realizing when you see Jesus, you're seeing the word. It's the world being manifested. It's the word that's being revealed. When you see Jesus, you're seeing the word. When somebody sees you, what are they seeing? You? You? Do you want them to see you? Or you want them to see God? <laughs> oh yeah. And if you will just become a doer of the word, they will begin to see God. And not you. This is how we can say all the glory belong to God. When you when you do what the word says and somebody comes over and congratulates you. And they say, my goodness, Daryl, that was so amazing. You know what you're going to say? All the glory belong to God. Because it wasn't my word. It was, what I did wasn't, it wasn't about me. What I did was just obey that. And because I obeyed that, everything looks good. But it's not mine. It's not my credit. All the glory belongs to God because it was his word. It was him. I just found Followed his instruction. I didn't do anything on my own. We need to give God the glory. We, we, we need to give God the glory. We got to stop taking God's glory. And when you live how you want, you're taking God's glory. You didn't know that. Yeah. The way how you live uh, uh, doing what you want, you're, you're taking the glory away from God. Because if you would just carry out God's plan, if you just carry out God's word, uh, then, then God's word is still being manifest. The glory is still in the earth. <laughs> Oh, my God, my God. We want to talk about foreign countries, how they see miracles. You know why? Because they give God the glory. Oh, you want to talk about how they're having such great revival in Asia and so such great revival in Africa. You know why? Oh, the glory belongs to God. They don't make it about them. They don't go to church with no shoes on and say, oh, God, I don't have no shoes. Can somebody buy me a pair of shoes? They don't go to church like that, Sam. They go to church giving God the glory. They're not worried about if their clothes are torn. They're not worried about the old shoes that they got on. They're not worried about no shoes that they don't have on. They're not worried that they're hungry. They're not worried about anything trying to make themselves be the spotlight. They're going uh, to give the glory to God. Uh, They're going to obey uh, what thus saith the Lord, uh, that he will get the glory. But we got to always say, look at me. Look at me. I'm doing this. Even when you're doing God's will, shut up and don't tell me you're doing God's will. Don't go around saying you're doing God's will. You do God's will knowing that God sees exactly what you're doing. You ain't got to go tell nobody what you're doing for God. When my pastor found out what I was doing in the church, his mind was blown because I ain't never told him nothing. I just served God. Oh, he won her to the Lord. He won him to the Lord. Oh, man, I didn't know that because I wasn't going to his office talking about, Pastor, look what I'm doing. I I didn't do it for him. I did it because I want to give God the glory. I wanted God to be glorified. I don't go around saying, look at what I'm doing. I go around doing God's will. And when somebody tried to give me the credit, I said, no, 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 no. All the glory belongs to God. It was him that made me and not me, myself. I didn't make myself. 
What I do is not on my own strength. I don't know really nothing. But, 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 but when I trust God and when I obey God, He makes things look good around me. He makes me look better than I really am. I say it all the time. I say, God, you make me look better than I am. It's scary because you know if God ever just move His hand, if God ever just do something because you did wrong, you're going to look like really who you are. And many of us, if we will give God the glory, He's going to make us look better than we are. Because he's getting the glory. If he gets the glory, guess what? We're, we're, we're going to look better than we are. But when you get the glory, you're going to wonder, what happened? They were doing so good. Anytime we fall, anytime we come down from where God has placed us, it's because we started giving the glory to ourselves. We stopped giving God the glory and it became about us. You want to know the quickest way to fall? You want to know the quickest way to get in trouble with God? Just keep on doing what you like. Just keep on making it about you. And even if you praise and worship and you know how to sing really good, just make it about you. <laughs> and uh, you know how to play the, the instrument, just make it about you. That you the man or you the woman. <laughs> Whatever you do, just make it about you. And you'll see how quickly you wonder, what happened, what, whatever happened to so-and-so? They started getting the glory, and God wasn't getting the glory anymore. What happened to that preacher? Man, he had a big crowd. You know what happened to the preacher, Bob? The preacher started getting the glory. Everybody started coming to church because of the preacher. Please don't come to Christ in the church because of me. Because I ain't nothing. I am so desperate every week that I got to go before the Lord. I feel so insignificant. I keep saying, God, I don't know how you did that last week. And I don't know what you're going to do this week. Because I, can't, I, I could not sustain this on my own. I told you today, I said to God, God, how is this possible to get up every week and, and go serve a church? How is that? How can you do that? How can anybody in their right mind get up every week and got to pray and study and love people and do all that and, and, and get up in front of a church and preach? I have no idea. I, get so, I got so frightened that day. I said, God, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And God said to me, Luke, what is your alternative? gave me a message that Sunday morning. He said, son, what are your alternative? Either you're going to get up every week and serve me or not. And if you don't, what is your hope? I had no hope if I don't serve him. So I realized, yes, every week I get up, I'm going to be preparing myself to be before him and be before y'all. I go before him first, then I come before y'all. Every week I'm going to have to do this until I die, till he changes something. I got to do it. I don't have a choice. And so it frightens me to say, who can sustain that? Nobody can. Nobody can. The only way you sustain that is by the grace of God and the power of God. Nobody can sustain that. Who can do that? So let's not take his glory. Let's not take his glory. We can only do what we do because of his grace. We can only do what we do because of his mercy. We can only do what we do because we obey his word. We can't do nothing on our own. We have no strength of our own. We can accomplish nothing on our own. I can do all things through Christ. Don't take his glory. Don't take his glory. Become a doer of the word of God. 
When you wake up in the morning, become a doer of the word of God. Get out your bed and start by saying, God, you're so good. When your foot hit the floor, just say, God, you're so merciful. Your mercy, they're new every day. God, I lift my hands to you because without you, I am nothing. And you walk to your quiet place and you go talk to him some more. And you say, God, I just want to please you today. Will you fill me up, Lord God, with whatever you need to fill me up with so I can be your instrument. I can be a blessing to whomever you want me to be a blessing. Just as long as you get the glory, just show me, point me, that I may fulfill your purpose today, Lord God. Hey, my God, I want you to get the glory. Somebody let God get the glory out of your life. Let God get the glory. You can give God glory if you will become a doer of His Word. You can give God glory if you become a doer of His Word. Will you lift your hands and just go before the Lord today and just begin to let Him know what you think about Him. Let Him know how you feel about Him. Let Him know your desires that you have for Him. Oh, God of heaven, today we stand before you. Oh, my God, will you forgive us, Lord God? Forgive us, Lord God, for we have not given you the glory like we were supposed to, Lord God. God, somehow we like the feeling, oh, God, of of, of saying how great we are, of people paying us compliments, of people telling us how great we are. We, we like that, Lord God. But, God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will take that from me. Take that from us, Lord God, that, Lord, we will be doing your will and we will obey your word we will become doers of your word so lord god when somebody pays us a compliment we will say all the glory belongs to god for it wasn't my words that caused me to do this it was the word of god that caused me to do this i am not this intelligent i am not this smart but what i did do was obey the word of god and so you all just saw the word of god manifested you just saw the word of god becoming flesh and And so God gets the glory. It's not my word. It's not me. It's just God's word manifesting in my life. I feel the Holy Ghost. Will somebody today let this word of God change you? Become a doer of the word of God. For what we do, we do it unto God. It is unto the Lord that we do this and not unto ourselves. Lord, we stand here today. We want to decrease that you may increase. I want to decrease that you may increase and that they will see the glory of the Lord. That everything someone sees from this life, it will just be me obeying your word. For this congregation, Lord God, I pray for this congregation that every one of us, Lord God, will decrease and that you will increase that we will become a doer of your word and as we become a doer of your word you will get the glory your glory will be revealed your glory will be revealed your glory will be revealed and people will begin to see and say oh what a great God what an awesome God oh God you've done some great things and Lord I'm sure you've gotten some glory out of our lives but I know there's more for you to be glorified about in our life there's more for you to be glorified about in our life so God will you take us to a new dimension in you uh, so you can get great glory from this life Lord God uh, we want people to see the word be flesh uh, from what we do 
let the word become flesh. Let the word become flesh. Somebody, if you haven't given your life to God, you need to give it today. That's making the word of God become flesh. That's giving God the glory. If you have not given your life to God, if you have not repented of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name, if you will just do what the Word of God says, repent of your sins, understand that Jesus Christ is Lord and He died for you and that He loves you, be baptized in His name for the remission of sins, He will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's His Word and He gets the glory. Somebody, if you don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, all you have to do is lift your hands and begin to pray, giving Him the praise and the honor, and He will fill you with His Spirit. And before you know it, you will speak in another language that you know not of. He will get the glory. Ah, Here's a revelation. You receive the Holy Ghost, give God the glory. If you receive the Holy Ghost and spoke in English... And you spoke English. God couldn't get the glory. <laughs> God, you are so amazing. If you received the Holy Ghost and spoke in English when English was your language, God wouldn't get the glory. But if you received the Holy Ghost and you spoke in another tongue, guess who gets the glory? Because that's from Him. Oh, God. That's, ah, oh, give God the glory. 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 <sighs> what it says, and he will give you the victory. If you will give God the glory, he will give you the victory. Uh, you want to be victorious? Give God the glory. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> You want to overcome your circumstance, give God the glory. You want to be healed, give God the glory. If there's someone before we go today, if there's someone in this house,